imagine most of us have a pretty endless or boundless fascination with real estate. Well, you know, in my case, I'm a renter. I do own a home in Ottawa that I've had for years, but I still rent here in, in Victoria. I, but real estate stories, it doesn't matter whether it's housing prices trends or rental trends, you tend to read them, or I do at least. I always find it really fascinating to see what's going on. So this one I found really interesting. So here's here's the premise. Limited inventory, bidding wars, people left dejected and stressed by the whole process, wondering if they'll have a roof over their head. And we're not talking about buying a home. We're talking about renting one or renting an apartment these days in places like Toronto and Vancouver. Prices are rising again and fast, almost back to pre-pandemic levels in places such as Toronto and expected to surpass them soon. And it's creating a really tough market for potential renters, a really competitive market for potential renters. And of course it puts landlords in the driver's seat so they can pretty much pick and choose who they want. Well, with more on this now is Brendan Cowens. He's vice president of sales at property.ca in Toronto. Welcome to the show. Thank you. appreciate it, Ben. What's been going on? I mean, we, I think anecdotally we've seen prices really jump in the rental market, specifically in Vancouver and Toronto. Is that in fact what's happening? That's exactly what we're seeing here, Ben. Absolutely. So, especially within the last few months, you know where we were in May, and um, you know, in talking to many of my colleagues, you know, and we have almost 300 agents with us here at this brokerage, where I'm the VP. Mm-hmm. In liaising with them, you know, we hear various stories, but I know that within the last couple of weeks, especially, it's uh, it's, it's been it's been ramping up significantly. What kind of changes are we seeing? I mean, uh, without, I don't know if you know the specifics of the jump in, in rents, but what kind of changes are we seeing in what people are paying for uh, a standard one-bedroom, two-bedroom apartment? Yeah, good question. So just on average, I mean, we, there's a report that came out from the Toronto Real Estate Board here. And, you know, just for, for, for comparison, based on what you've asked, data-wise, we have seen in Q1, for 2022, a significant jump. We're talking 17.8% in, in increase for rental rates for one bedrooms. We're averaging, you know, about 2,100. In fact, the actual number is $2,145 uh, for an average one bedroom. And the two bedrooms, uh, we're looking at just over 2,800 for Q1 of 2020, no, 2022. Now, to compare that to the to this time last year, um, it would would be a 17% deduction on that. And, you know, we're coming very close to the pre-pandemic timeframe. So Q1 of 2019 mm-hmm. is the last time we saw numbers like that. And the peak just before the pandemic, pandemic was Q3 of 2019. So really we're seeing everything jump back. Do you get the impression that it's going to continue to rise? Uh, that certainly seems to be the premise that these these uh, rental prices are going to continue to go up quite quickly over the next little while. Yeah, that's that's definitely what I'm, uh, I anticipate. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we already know that there's m- many different factors that come into play. Uh, some of them, of course, are immigration that's coming in. Uh, we already know that the government plans to bring in 400,000 uh, each per year into the country, most of which end up in Ontario, a good chunk end up in the GTA, the greater Toronto area. So, you know, supply and demand, um, some some of these newer immigrants, and I was an immigrant a few years ago. Um, I understand this game for sure. So, you know, coming in, they don't necessarily buy right away. So you'd want to rent. Uh, the supply and demand going back to that is not 
we, we can't keep up with the demand in terms of the amount of new units that do come on the market, right? Uh, we also see in at the same time increasing infl- in inflation and also um, interest rates. So that would then take out a good sector of purchasers. So some people who would want to purchase, they probably hold off for now, and then they, they themselves would want to rent and increases in, in the rental amounts, especially within the core, I, I anticipate that to continue going up. Um, the amenities have reopened. Everything is starting to happen. The people that were in the suburbs or decided to buy or rent or live outside of the city, whether it's with your family members or not, they're, they're coming back into the city closer to the core. Their offices have reopened. Yes, you may be able to work remotely, but it's not every day now. It's you may have to come into the office one, two, three times a week. You know, right? Um, this would, I mean, this is really just a question of supply and demand. Is is it sort of basic economics here? I mean, you've mentioned that rising interest rates, and certainly, if fewer people are buying, they're not leaving their rentals behind either or vacating their rentals. Uh, but really, it's a supply and demand issue, uh, as as simple as that. Overall, it's 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 a it's a great contributor. Um, I think the same thing would apply for Vancouver side as well. Um, you know, these are the two hottest cities here in terms of many different factors. But, you know, Toronto, Vancouver. Yeah. You know, Ben, it, it kind of just boils down to that, my friend, that honestly, the underlying reason, that's what I'm seeing. Right. This certainly puts renters in a difficult situation. I know that um, that you've spoken about this in the past, but even someone who has never had a problem renting before is sort of the, the, the five star, the gold star tenant this time may find things a little more competitive out there. Yeah, so I wouldn't say right now we're at a point where they have never experienced this because pre-pandemic, the numbers were high as well, um, as high as they are now. In fact, there are periods of time where it's higher than it is as, as of today. Now, as we continue through the rest of 2022 into 2023, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, people have paid this type of money before. Uh, we do, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. During the pandemic, we do, there's definitely quite a bit of tenants who got super lucky. Uh, lot, lots of landlords had to take a big price cut. And uh, some of these tenants have locked themselves into that, right? So, um, it's it's not at the point right now where it's super, super hard to get in for everyone, but I do foresee that that can happen. Um, for those who are not prepared, though, Ben, going back to your question, yeah, it can be really tricky. So no longer is it okay to have um, not all your documents ready to go. You know, if you're ready to secure a unit, you see the unit first, and that was happening in the... It, just even last year, you know, you could go and see a couple of properties, you take your time, you pull your credit report, you get your letter from uh, your employer, you put your things together, you apply for the unit the next day or the next two days, you think about it over the weekend. No, that's not happening anymore, right? It's it's yeah. definitely has picked up and the landlords are becoming a lot pickier at this point. It reminds me of those stories of New York where you'd have to carry around bundles of cash to pay your, the moment you saw a place you liked, you had to pay the deposit right there. And then um, <laughs> landlords though, in the driver's seat, it certainly puts landlords in a situation where they can be more selective about who they're renting to. 100%. Absolutely. And I've, and I've seen it, you know, I've, I've spoken to some of my colleagues here and, you know, we have some listings representing the landlords and they, they ask us to assist them with getting tenants. And, you know, even a month ago, 
I remember a story where one of my colleagues, she she had in a period of a week over 55 showings, uh, 20 plus applications in terms of, and, and, and the landlord had a very hard time choosing, right? People were paying more than asking. Um, I'm seeing opportunities now where the landlord set offer dates, right? So you go on the market at a particular price. He said, I'm going to give you X amount of days for the market to see it. And then on another day, I'm going to just review everything instead of first come first service. So we've seen that kind of strategy happening within the rental market as well. That's, I mean, that sounds like the how the sales market in the past, right? That, that sure. it's become that competitive. That's, um, yeah. It's, it's sort of a scary, scary proposition if you're looking to rent that you're going to be in such a competitive process because often, as you know, uh, I rent too um, here, I own elsewhere, mm-hmm. but but you you can be on a pretty tight timeline when you're looking for a place to rent. Yes, absolutely. So it is. It would behoove you not to be fully prepared, right? Mm-hmm. You have to certainly go out there with everything in play, right? Whether it's the references. As we mentioned before, letters of employment, if you're self-employed, you know, make sure you have all the documents, the proof of income, uh, credit scores. If your application status is not that strong, then consider bringing in guarantors or other people with you to be on the, on the documents as tenants as well. So preparing yourself is super necessary, Ben. I'm speaking with Brendan Cowens. He's Vice President of Sales at Property.ca. He's speaking to us tonight from Toronto. We're talking about the red-hot rental market, uh, specifically in Toronto and Vancouver, where we're seeing landlords really in a situation in the driver's seat these days with uh, supply very low and uh, rental prices climbing quickly, and just how important it is for uh, prospective renters to be prepared to enter into what is a very competitive market after, specifically during the pandemic, when things were uh, relatively easy for renters and um, and just that it might not get any better anytime soon. After this, we'll talk a bit about housing prices because we are seeing different impacts uh, since the rise of interest rates. We're expecting another interest rate hike coming up very soon. And just what kind of impact that's having on the specifically very hot housing markets in both Toronto and Vancouver. That's after this. Speaking with Brendan Cowens this half hour, he's the vice president of property.ca in Toronto. We were talking about uh, just the the skyrocket or the spiking of rentals costs back to where they were before the pandemic, really, but looking like they might surge ahead of where they were before the pandemic and just how competitive that's made the rental markets in uh, in those big markets. Uh, Brendan, you mentioned it earlier uh, because of, of people not being able to leave their rentals to buy houses because of interest rates climbing and so on. Uh, what are we seeing in the, in, in the housing market over the course of Q1 and into the spring this year? Because usually it's a very, very popular time. It, it, it is a uh, very good question. It, it is typically a very popular time, especially the spring season where we'll see pre-pandemic, a lot of our listings coming up at this point. It's usually the hottest time of the of the year, right? Now, during the pandemic, a lot of things changed, especially in Toronto and no, Vancouver, especially as well, uh, in comparison to the rest of Canada. These things did happen. So we did see significant growth in terms of new listings at different times during the pandemic. I know in 2021, we had some odd times where there's crazy spikes in terms of sales, especially even this year, uh, January and February in Toronto. I mean, it was super, super tight. Everything was going very, very quickly. Houses were selling in a matter of hours after being on the market for you know, exorbitant prices more than the latest comparable. Uh, that has toned down quite a bit, uh, Ben, in terms of what we're noticing now in May. As that 
kind of started, you know, we saw it in the market within a March, Aprilish, but definitely me being, you know, hands-on in the ground, the ground, we, we're noticing that there's a significant difference in terms of being able to um, acquire properties, uh, especially if you're looking at the decreases that have happened from January till now. Year over year, we're still up, but within the quarter, yes, there have been some dips. Where are you seeing it uh, specifically? Is it in detached single-family homes? Is it in yeah, yeah, good or- question. So townhomes and detached homes are taking the biggest hits. Uh, the condo market, uh, surprisingly, actually not surprisingly to some, because a lot of the condominiums, the, well, at least the, the, the majority of them, are in the core, right? So within the core, we're seeing not the exodus that we noticed over the last year and a half. We have people coming back in. And those are a bit sturdier, right? The condo prices. But the biggest hits for sure we're noticing are, are within the townhomes and, and, and the detached homes. But still above where they were a year ago, obviously. Oh, as yeah. You, as you mentioned, yeah. Uh, without a question. It's still, yeah. it's still year over year. Uh, we're expecting another interest rate hike uh, next week, I believe. Um, do you see this having a, a further cooling impact on on things? Uh, and, and how does that? How will that look? Do you think to someone looking to buy a home? Yeah, no, very good question. So, where were we? We're at some points where people were getting some interest rates uh, variables that low ones, 1.3, 1.4, definitely 1.4, 1.45. I saw a lot of those. So let's just say average 1.5, people were able to get mortgages. With the rest of the proposed interest hikes, you know, we could end up at high threes, you know, 3.75, maybe, maybe even 4.5, depending on the rest of the increases for the rest of the year. Some of the fixed rates I'm already seeing over 4%. So, you know, if you're looking at someone who was able to purchase with 1.5% interest rate, um, and then they wait until it's, let's say, hypothetically, 4.5%, the ability to buy a property significantly differs. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands, uh, and that was is going to be very difficult for 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 first time buyers, especially, and and probably everyone who who wants to get into not just the first property, maybe you want to upsize to just a little bigger. You know, you have a one bedroom and you want to get into a two or two plus ten, or maybe you wanted to make a crossover into a semi-detached or a townhome. That maybe becomes somewhat more difficult for, for those individuals. Do you think that will drive continue to drive prices down or at least cool the market off a bit? Yeah, I, I, I see some seat happening already. Uh, I think it will taper off. Uh, there'll be a lot less competition. You know, dare not say it would be a balanced market, but it, it's heading. To, it would head towards that. I think the sellers will still ultimately, for the rest of this year, have the upper hand uh, in terms of the months of inventory. It's still relatively low. The last time I checked, it was you know depending on the neighborhoods, you know one and a half months supply to maybe pushing two and a half months supply in certain neighborhoods. So until I start to see four or five months of inventory left, um, you know, it's still in the hands of the seller, but it's just not flying off the market that like what we were seeing in January and February. 
No, and, and I guess that does have a, so an advice, if, any advice to, to, to sellers and buyers out there just about how they should approach a market that seems to be continuously changing these days very quickly. It seems like it changes every five, four or five months. We're talking about it heating up or cooling down, or uh, it's certainly been a uh, tumultuous time. Yeah, no, it's a very good question. And it's definitely based on the individual. Uh, a question that I like to ask my clients is, okay, well, why are you doing this? Right. The, the the reason why they need to do this or want to sell or buy needs to be pretty strong. Right. Because once that's in play, then we we, we, we can take the next move and start talking statistics and the numbers that they're so supposed to be getting from making this purchase or making the sale. Brendan Cowens, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. I appreciate that, Ben. Appreciate it.